This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening in today on Green Living Ideas, Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly, Editor-in-Chief of GreenLivingIdeas.com, and today I am very happy to have with me Butch Gaudet, who is the Director of Trade Relations for Whirlpool Corporation. Butch, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Sean. So Whirlpool, certainly a brand that I think everybody out there knows and, and uh, has had experience with. I know I have. And I'm kind of curious about, well, why don't you tell me your role at the company at Whirlpool? Uh, start there. Well, I have an interesting role in that uh, my position is designed to uh, work with national associations and special interest groups that affect our business. So I'm basically a representative from Whirlpool to a multiplicity of groups, everything from Indian housing to the national home builders, design groups, and uh, multiple involvements with uh, environmental groups and committees. So. Uh, it's an interesting and, and kind of a fun job. Yeah, great. Well, so I'd like to start out actually with probably what we consider the most important question first as, as far as uh, the industry itself and uh, what Whirlpool does and how it relates to um, green living. Um, what, what do our listeners need to know about really about, um, you know, appliances and, and, you know, what makes them go green, be green, and, and what helps people in terms of purchasing appliances and using them day-to-day, um, you know, live more sustainably? Well, major appliances, Sean, continue to um, deliver and develop new technologies and innovations that uh, make them more energy and water efficient, and those are the keys for appliances. So when purchasing appliances, be it a consumer in a retail store or a builder or remodeling, remodeler uh, you know, into a, uh, a green building home or remodeling job, the first thing to look for, of course, is the Energy Star label because that's the one that's most identifiable as products that uh, meet the, uh, the energy requirements of any Energy Star. Um, but then uh, they need to look further into the details because um, not all uh, E-Star qualified appliances are the same. Um, you know, you want to look at things like energy factors, kilowatt hours uh, used, uh, water consumption, number of gallons used, water factors, and all these are readily available on most manufacturer sites and certainly at EnergyStar.gov. Um, as an example, refrigerators, I believe the Energy Star criteria is that a refrigerator needs to be 15% better than federal standard to qualify for E-Star. Well, we and other manufacturers have several that, of course, are at that level. But we have many, uh, many, too, that run 20 and even 25% more efficient. So start with the Energy Star label and then dig into the details uh, to see the level of um, energy and water conservation. 
And obviously, uh, energy and water are two big issues uh, when you talk about sustainability and protecting our natural resources. You know, and that's, that's so true. I was just going to say that really we're talking about an area of living that, that has great impact because it's sort of the potential double whammy in that you have energy usage and then you also have water, which are two of, two of the big areas that we have to watch out for in terms of environmental stewardship. So the uh, so, so so for example, a washer <laughs> pretty much squarely hits on the head an area where people need to really uh, you know be careful, and I think that anybody who's looking to live greener has to really consider that. So I, I, you know, Energy Star is a program I've been familiar with, you know, you know, both in the home appliance as well as on the technology side, because it sort of you know affects everything that's that's electronic um, or uses power. So I'm I'm kind of wondering. How has Energy Star developed over the years? Is it is it pretty much the same set of specs that it was when it was the program was first incepted, uh, or has it uh, has it gotten sort of more stringent in terms of the requirements? Well, um, well Whirlpool Corporation became in, involved with Energy Star in the uh, late '90s, and Energy Star as a program is designed to target or give the rating, you might say, uh, the Energy Star, um, you know, meet the criteria for roughly the top 25% tier of appliance product. Uh, over the years, um, Energy Star has continued to make those requirements more stringent, uh, and part of it is as appliance technology uh, creates better efficiencies in, in energy and water. Um, you know, we already know as manufacturers that there are new levels out there in 2008 and some in 2010 for various products. And, you know, you mentioned washing machines. That's one of them that we already know, the 2010 guidelines. And, in fact, uh, we and probably some other manufacturers have some product on the market today that actually meets those 2010 requirements. So Energy Star has not been static. It's been changing with the marketplace and becoming, uh, you know, ever uh, ever much, uh, how should I say, every uh, every cycle becomes, uh, um, I don't want to use the word necessarily restrictive, but um, a tougher criteria to meet that, uh, that Energy Star label. Sure, sure. Um, so what, uh, what kind of innovations uh, has Whirlpool come up with, if any, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, new ways to, to really, um, I mean, help the consumer live more sustainably with the with the type of equipment that you're putting forth. So, you know, things like I know, well, actually, one, one thing I really have a question, I, I don't mean to drill too much on, on the washer concept, uh-huh. but I know that there's this debate about front versus, you know, top loading. And uh-huh. do, you, do you have any insight on that? Uh, absolutely. And uh, that's a key product here for Whirlpool Corporation because aside from being the largest manufacturer of ma- major appliances in uh, North America and, and the world, uh, we're the largest producer of laundry products uh, in the world. Uh, we make both the traditional top loaders, which are usually referred to as a vertical axis, and um, the front loaders are referred to as horizontal axis. In both of those categories, uh, we've made strides in terms of um, uh, energy and, and mainly water conservation. Uh, there are Energy Star rated um, top load machines, but the real news in terms of uh, energy and water savings in that laundry category is in the, the front load horizontal. Uh, in fact, our introduction of the Whirlpool Duet uh, washer-dryer pair uh, made a lot of noise in the marketplace and was top-rated by uh, Energy Star as the most efficient uh, washer-dryer pair available. Um, something to remember is, and you mentioned washers and water, uh, the American Water Works has a nice chart I've seen that defines how water is consumed in a residential um, uh, home. The number one 
user of water is toilets. Some 26% of all residential right. water consumption is toilets. Right. Washing machines are number two at 22%. Okay. So when you get a front loader like the Whirlpool Duet, for example, that has the ability to go as high as 70% savings in water and energy, you're comparing a, a standard top loader that could be as much as 35 to 40 gallons of water to washing a bigger load with seven or eight gallons of water, it's a phenomenal difference. So those are the types of innovations that are in you know, that particular uh, uh, product category. But throughout the appliance category, Whirlpool, and, and frankly other manufacturers, though perhaps not to the degree of Whirlpool, we, we make more Energy Star uh, qualified products than anyone. I think uh, the last count we had nearly 600 models that qualify for Energy Star. Wow. Uh, so it, it's quite a few between a multiplicity of brands because, uh, you know, we market uh, not only Whirlpool, but Jenner, KitchenAid, Amana, Gladiator Garage Works, uh, Maytag, and then globally a variety of other brands. Um, and there are other categories where we've made some unique innovations. Uh, you know, our Gladiator Garage Works line is growing, and it's a, a line of uh, garage organization type of materials, wall, uh, wallboard and racks and cabinets, but it includes appliances. And there's this unique product called a chillerator, which is a... Chillerator? A chillerator. Uh, we're waiting for the kegerator to come out, actually. <laughs> now, that's, now, I have to stop you there. That's hilarious because I have a kegerator. Well, I bought this when I, when I did a remodel in my house. We, we put, a, we put a, a keg behind the wall or a keg, you know, hookup with the whole thing, and that, then everybody, all my friends, started calling it the kegerator. So well, we kid about the kegerator, but I, I the might chillerator have a statutory is statutory trademark on that one. So. There you go. We'll get you some residual. There you go. But the, uh, the chillerator is unique. Because, you know, so many people buy a new refrigerator or move from one home to another, take a refrigerator with them, get a new one in their kitchen. They take the old refrigerator, they stick it in the garage. And, you know, in the hot summer, it runs like crazy. And in the winter, it can get so cold in the garage if it's not heated that you can actually thaw food in the freezer. It's very energy inefficient. Mm-hmm. Well, the Chillerator is a uh, refrigerator designed for the garage. It's designed to handle the temperature extremes of extreme hot summer, extreme cold winter, and it's Energy Star rated, the only refrigerator for the garage. So very unique. Um, Other unique um, items in terms of innovation, we have a product called the Fabric Freshener. kind of looks like an oversized canister vacuum, and you pop the lid. It has a pole that pops up, and you, you, you basically stretch it out, and it forms a container where you put in a couple of garments that you've worn that are wrinkled or have odors, and it's uh, a self-contained steamer that removes wrinkles and odors. doesn't remove stains, but removes wrinkles and odors. And it's kind of a second-hand or you might say backdoor green product because 70%, other than shirts, you know, laundry, but 70% of what you send to a dry cleaner, uh, you know, suits, uh, your wife's uh, suits and dresses, whatever, mm-hmm. aren't really dirty. They just have wrinkles or odors from being near some cigar smoker in a restaurant. Um, and by utilizing this product, you basically cut your dry cleaning bills in half, but you also reduce the amount of chemicals used in dry cleaning. Which is the uh, worst industrial offender. Oh, yeah. Of, yeah. Rather onerous. So there's all types of things that are coming down the line in innovation uh, relative to appliances and energy and water and just convenience of living.
Great. Well, that, that's great. And I appreciate you going off. And I was curious about the other areas that you're working in, that where you have product lines and, and what the advancements might be. Are, are there any other lines or, or areas of uh, living that Whirlpool makes or its sub-brands have products for that you'd like to share any other innovations with or challenges, environmentally speaking? Well, um, we do market through a special distribution arrangement, Whirlpool uh, air conditioners. So the whole AVAC, uh, HVAC area is um, a relatively new business with us, but uh, within that framework, we're working very hard at uh, working on indoor air quality with uh, filtration systems uh, because IAQ is just becoming such a, a huge area. And I guess the other part uh, relates to innovation for future technologies. Realistically, um, you know, Energy Star's program is terrific, but if you keep refining the requirements, you, you reach a point at some time where there's a diminishing return. Um, you know, you still need to have clean clothes come out of a washer or clean dishes come out of a dishwasher. Uh, short of some chemical process, you reach a point where there's a, a minimum amount of, amount of water that needs to be used. Uh, it's right, right, I, yeah, because it'd be like doing a low-flow shower head to the point where it flows so low that somebody can't take a shower because the water is dripping out. Exactly. Yeah. That was a terrific Seinfeld episode, as a matter of fact, when they couldn't get the soap out of their hair. <laughs> oh, uh, yes, I remember that. That's right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, same thing with energy. Uh, you know, today you can run a, a side-by-side refrigerator on the same power demand of, of burning a 75-watt bulbs. So at some point in time, things will change. And, uh, I mean, it's no trade secret. Uh, you know, we've done some testing in Seattle and other places working with utilities on basically what we call grid-friendly or grid-wise appliances. Uh, and it ties into uh, connectivity as part of the home and connectivity with the uh, power source, the, uh, the energy provider, you know, the electric company. And in periods of uh, high demand, let's say you have a, a load of clothes in your dryer and there's a, a surge of high demand, and usually they're short, um, the power company literally electronically communicates with your dryer. It shuts off and then a few minutes later restarts, almost unnoticeable to the user, doesn't affect performance, but reduces demand at peak load times in a big way to meet the needs of uh, power companies. Sure. So things like that technology uh, will be coming in the future. I mean, we already have and have demonstrated, uh, you know, refrigerators that uh, there again are are connected to the uh, the home system and internet. And you know, your refrigerator breaks, so you call and uh, you tell them, "Hey, my refrigerator is not cooling." They come in electronically, go into a diagnostic chip in the refrigerator. The chip tells them that you know it's a bad compressor, so. They schedule service in the part and send someone out without the serviceman coming out to your house to say, "Whoop! I found the problem. It'll be a week for now before I can get a part. Right. Some, something that we deal with all the time, so, so I can appreciate that. Yeah. So there's a tremendous amount of technology that uh, will be coming uh, in our industry uh, in the future. Uh, and the rate that technology changes, it'll become faster than many of us uh, really <laughs> want to believe sometimes. Yeah, that's so true. Well, I'm, I'm curious, just switching gears for a minute, I'm curious about Whirlpool as a corporation internally, you know, and I understand you guys are doing a lot, uh, which is appreciated in terms of, you know, improving the, the, the sustain, environmental sustainability of the products and their impact. But I'm also curious about the company itself. Uh, has the company made any strides internally uh, to, to kind of go green? And if so, what, what might those be? Absolutely. You know, we would never want to be accused of greenwashing. And, uh, you know, for us, greenwashing would be uh, touting a product that's maybe energy and water efficient, but 
it's made in a plant that you know pr- uh, pollutes the universe. Yeah, that's one. That's one example of things that can happen. Yes, exactly. So, uh, you know, beginning with manufacturing, uh, we have of course facilities all over the globe, and all of our facilities, um, whether international or uh, based here in North America, all either meet the the ISO fourteen triple one criteria certification or have environmental management systems in place that they are the equivalent of that. And those types of systems address energy, water, recycling, solid waste, air emissions, you know, overall uh, uh, sustainability. Uh, you know, within the product lines, there have been, you know, growth and changes over the years. But, for example, refrigeration back in the 90s, Whirlpool was the very first to eliminate uh, harmful fluorocarbons from refrigeration. And even went the added step, and I can remember when a service member come up to the house and there's a bad piece in the refrigerator, they have to evacuate the system. They just turn on the valve and let the gas go. Um, years ago, we started recapturing that gas. Literally, uh, we laugh and call them gas bags because they're big plastic poly bags, but they evacuate the system into the bag, capture um, those chemicals rather than releasing them into the air, and then we store them in a distribution center where they go through a recycling process to you know, eliminate the uh, uh, danger to our universe, you might say. I see. Um, even how we transport product, we, um, our, our trucking systems uh, and our truckers are required to participate in a program called SmartWay. And SmartWay deals with the type of equipment, the fuel efficiency of the trucks, um, efficient practices uh, about you know, when you park and leave a truck running, um, it deals with warehouse operations, the type of forklifts that are used, and the emissions from those. So it's overall, um, you know, a, a program that minimizes um, uh, pollution and maximizes fuel efficiency in, uh, in transportation. Uh, then the products themselves over the years have changed the type of components going into the manufacturer to the point where today appliances are 90% recyclable and they are highly recycled. So overall, from manufacturing to transportation to product use in life and even disposal, um, it's an effort to um, maximize efficiencies, maximize uh, sustainability, and, and basically lower the carbon footprint of the manufacturer and use of that product. How many plants does Whirlpool have worldwide? Uh, let's see. I don't remember the exact number, but it's more than 60 manufacturing and technology you know, research centers around the world. You know, aside from the brands I mentioned, there are brands in Europe like uh, Bachneck and uh, Brosthump in South America, Consul. Um, we market in just about every country in the world. I believe we're producing now in 17 or 18 uh, different countries with those facilities. So, uh, And a lot, of, um, a lot of production here in North America. Yeah. We, we have like eight or ten plants. Uh, which, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud to say, a, a bit of patriotism that we still make a lot of product right here in the U.S. of A. And that's what I thought. I w- that's what I was curious about, too, is, uh, you know, what the percentage was or number in, in the U.S., because I, I was under the impression from having uh, met you guys at uh, the PCBC show that there was still a lot of manufacturing happening here here in the U.S. Uh, yes, there is. Um, a, quite a bit in the Midwest. Uh, you know, we're the, as I said, the world's largest manufacturer of washers. And dryers, and our plant in Clyde, Ohio, is oh about a million square feet under a single roof. It's like an enclosed shopping center, and it produces, uh, gosh, upwards of 22,000 machines a day. Uh, and then a, uh, a similar plant for dryers in Clyde, excuse me, in Marion, Ohio, 
Uh, we make refrigerators in Arkansas, in uh, Indiana as well. We have production facilities in uh, Mississippi, in Oklahoma, in the Carolinas. Uh, even our KitchenAid small appliances are made in Greenville, Indiana. Um, in fact, a couple years ago, we uh, moved some production out of Canada into the United States. So there's a um, uh, quite a bit of, of Finley, Ohio, makes dishwashers. I mean, there's just a lot of facilities that are um, uh, big, uh, productive, efficient facilities here in America. Great. I'm uh, also curious about educationally, um, what kind of programs, if any, Whirlpool implements for both educating the consumers. And you've you've hit upon, I think, a couple of the websites. I think those bear repeating. I want to make sure that everybody's got the URLs for you know the educational sites. So maybe you can talk about that. And then also, if there's any internal employee programs in terms of uh, educating employees about. Uh, you know, both on the manufacturing side, sustainable manufacturing, as well as just sort of, you know, living and being green employees, anything like mm-hmm. that? Okay, well, let me uh, start maybe on the consumer side. Obviously, advertising is a vehicle to deliver uh, information on um, what we call eco-efficiency, and particularly in our flagship Whirlpool brand, um, eco-efficiency is one of the uh, key pillars of, of their marketing program. Um, we do a, a lot of education in the trade. Um, we are a national sponsor, the exclusive appliance category sponsor for a series called Houses That Work, which is a uh, series of oh, about 40 cities over the course of the year uh, that are one-day uh, seminars on housing science. That um, It's actually delivered through the uh, Energy and Environmental Building Association, and appliances are just a piece of it, but dealing with uh, you know, air and um, and seal and sustainability, air quality, et cetera. Um, we support uh, colleges through participation in the Solid Decathlon, which is a big event in D.C. every year. Uh, through internal sites, through the trade organizations with the Institute of Architects and the Building Design, um, uh, was it the American Institute of Building Designers I had to spit that out. Uh, we do online education courses and also do some publication courses that are aimed at um, green kitchens and the greening of white goods and energy efficiencies, water conservation, uh, and those are for CEU credits for the design community. Uh, community. Okay. Of course, there's all kinds of shows and literature and uh, heavy involvement in the green world through things like the uh, National Association of Home Builders with their uh, green committee activities and currently serving on the uh, consensus subcommittee that's working with ICC and ANSI to develop a uh, New National Green Standard. And I understand you were actually a former uh, vice president of the uh, for National NAHB, the National Association of Home Builders. Yes, I uh, I was elected as an associate national vice president, served for a couple years, and uh, it was a great honor and a nice experience um, because it's really the only associate non-builder that's considered an officer of the organization. And I mean, NAHB is huge. They have close to 250,000 members through 850 state and local uh, affiliates, and of that is probably 160,000 associates, so to represent all of them was an honor. Yeah, and they're very involved, in, obviously, in the, in the, in the green building movement. So Absolutely, they are. And other areas, we were involved very early in the, uh, uh, the development of what today is coming out of the uh, lead for homes. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to working in the future on lead multifamily. Uh, yeah, lead residential. The, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, the EBA group and working with DOE and EPA on Energy Star. So very, very involved. Um, in terms of uh, internally, um, we have internal uh, education under a, a closed, you know, intranet site for the company called uh, WebWorld, and within that we have Brand Academy. 
and Brand Academy is where our employees go to learn about products and features and benefits, but uh, also there's a great emphasis there on, uh, obviously, on our e-star products, on water conservation, on, uh, in, you know, environmental issues as well. And then there's access for our trade partners through our trade site, which I'd be remiss if I didn't mention. Of course, it's www.insideadvantage.com. All right. Well, we're, we're out of time for today, so I just want to remind everyone who is listening in today that you can find out more about Whirlpool and the other brands under the Whirlpool umbrella and their products online at www.whirlpool.com as well as insideadvantage.com and the other URLs we mentioned today in the podcast. My guest today has been Butch Godet, who is the Director of Trade Relations at Whirlpool. Butch, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks for coming in and uh, sharing your information and viewpoint with us. Thank you, Sean. It's my pleasure. Thanks, as always, to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.